a lot of the integration of your personhood takes place simply in the presence of God and his kingdom without, frankly, a whole lot of your intellectual uh, participation. He just does it. He just, the soul, I mean, it was Leanne Payne's famous quote. She was such a beautiful healer of the human soul. And her famous quote was, the soul is healed through union with God. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, an ancient monk who dedicated most of his life to unpacking the Song of Songs, but having only gotten through several of the chapters in his work, he said these words, the man who is wise, therefore, will see his life as more of a reservoir than a canal. The canal simultaneously pours out what it receives. The reservoir retains the water till it is filled and then discharges the overflow without loss to itself. Today, there are many in God's kingdom who act like canals. The reservoirs are far too rare. You too must learn to await this fullness before pouring out your gifts. Do not try to be more generous than God. Friends, it's Morgan Snyder, and welcome back to another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. In the spirit of the Council of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, it's my mission and one of my deepest desires to offer regular, ongoing nourishment for the masculine soul, the kind of access points, narrow gates, and ancient paths that would lead us back to ways to receive more of God's life, more of his river, more of his nurture, more of his nourishment, more of his sustenance, that we can become the kind of men who say with increasing measure, there is more pervasive well-being within. And so today, with that in mind, I'm really excited to bring your attention to a resource that's bringing men around the globe into deeper strength, joy, and union with God. As some of you know, last year, we launched John's latest book entitled Resilient, and it's been a lifeline for the souls of many navigating the tumultuous sea of the modern world. It's a very particular hour in which we find ourselves, and you know this by looking at your calendar, looking at your inbox, And with that in mind, John's tone and his cadence in this work is fatherly, and it's very deeply generous. And I felt compelled to revisit this book with our Become Good Soil community. I felt God extending a fresh invitation to this global tribe to engage in the 30 days to resilient experience, especially this time of year when things are just heating up, the activity becomes more and more frenetic. What would it be like to say, I'm going to choose to receive. I'm going to become more of a reservoir and less of a canal. And I'm going to get curious about ways that more nourishment 
for my masculine soul could flow, with one of those possibilities being engaging in the 30 Days to Resilient in our Pause app at Wow to Heart. It's simple, but it's powerful as a tool to reorient our attention and our affection back to God, to root us deeper in union. If you haven't considered it yet, look for the Pause app at the App Store. Last fall, John and I hosted a small question and response conversation with a few like-hearted, and it turned out to be a very beautiful time of discipleship and teaching around this big idea of how do you become a resilient human being in such a time as this? And even deeper around the big question of how do I care for my soul in this hour on the earth as a man? I think you're going to love it. Let's dive in. Resilience really reaching a lot of hearts and souls right now. And the stories coming in are simply beautiful. But this is really cool because we get to just chat. Literally, this is just a conversation. How's it going in the realm of of resilience, of soul, of union with Christ? How's it going in the practices? This is open conversation. So... How are you? Where are the questions? My name is Patrick. It's been a huge uh, blessing to receive a lot of everything you've been putting out, but uh, certainly the resilient stuff too. I think God pointed out one episode from Morgan's podcast um, about uh, him and uh, Sherry um, doing the um, the going deep. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was the something about your deep heart and Jesus touching it and resting and all that stuff. And then one of you, then the Holy Spirit was like, now, now listen to this one. And it was the, um, the prayer of descent. So the combination of those along with the 30 days, um, in the, in the one minute pause app, the 30 days are resilient have been really formative previously to connect with God. I was doing the daily prayer, but it would take me an, like over an hour just trying to connect with God. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it was like yeah. with this, with the 30 days, I can like duck under all the warfare and just kind of release it all. Um, so my, I guess my question is, um, do you recommend doing the daily prayer afterwards? I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep listening to Jesus, but I mean, uh, when you connect, do you recommend like the daily prayer before or after, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's such a good question. <clears throat> Everyone's going to find their own rhythm. Everyone's going to find the things What I recommend is that you find the sustainable thing because it's the repetition that works. And and it's a fascinating thing with the human brain and the formation of habits Mm. that the brain recognizes triggers in good ways. You know, there's obviously trauma triggers, but there's good triggers. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that, for me, as soon as the music for 30 days kicks in, like I'm there, I'm checked out of my world and I am seeking God. I I am beginning to find him. So it's become for me a very helpful habit. I have a number of those. Um, So what I would, what I would recommend Patrick, like, yeah, I, I think probably some form of prayer in addition to the 30 days would be good. Um, 
whether it's the daybreak prayer or, or the daily prayer or just your way of saying, okay, Lord, uh, your hedge around my kingdom, your protection over my family, your guidance in my day. Yeah, yeah, something like that that's sustainable for you that can become habitual. I think so. I think that um, I think there's a nice blend of of that. But you guys see what I mean about whatever it is your routine is, it's something that's that is sustainably repetitious for you. It's like, yeah, I can maintain this, you know, five days, six days out of seven. Yeah, I can do that. I'd love it's, to go ahead. Sorry, John. Sorry. I would just say, especially when you're traveling. Especially because that's when we get bumped out, right? is we we get out of our routine we drop the, the 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 pattern and then and then we lose something of the connection but go ahead Dominic I was just going to build on that with a kind of a follow-up question because I think many of us are joining you on the podcast with the the rule of life right now and just the invitation into finding those practices and those rhythms that deepen and restore that union I'm just curious as as you guys have been walking in that through the years like what would you express to us as kind of a, the amount of time that we should give a certain practice to start to see whether the fruit in our lives is kind of bearing, is, is generating a life that we want, the union we want, or maybe to move on to something else that might, might produce more life? Oh, this is easy. <clears throat> Do you look forward to it? Hmm. I mean, I, like initially, even if you're whatever it is, if you're cycling or you're getting up early for a run or like you don't look forward to it. But after a while, you really do. Right. And it becomes life giving and it's sustainable and it's your rhythm and you don't you know, you don't feel as good if you don't do it. So I would say practice a bunch of things and your soul will tell you by its eagerness. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the tail of the dog. Wag, 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 wag. You know, <laughs> your, t- your soul will go wag, 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 like at certain things. And, and they're not the same for every person. They're not the same for every man. Um, but I, I, I do recommend morning and evening, you know, start of your day, end of your day. At least. I would say, because the rule of life eventually permeates your whole life. Mm-hmm. The rule of life is eventually your pace of life, how many phone calls you take a day, how many, you know, like it builds into everything. It becomes a way of living, but certainly morning and evening to begin with, what are your, what are your practices that restore and heal your union with Jesus, allow you to receive from him, hear from him. Oh, just be, yeah, rebuilt, renewed by him. <clears throat> and your soul will tell you, wag, 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 wag. <laughs> if, I, if I could piggyback on that prayer of descent practice, that's been, I think, the thing that the Holy Spirit's highlighted as a, uh, the most stretching of the practices. I'm noticing yes. I, I live so much in the Midlands, in the shallows. And yes. So I've had, I, I think, a handful of encounters with Jesus that have been real special in those Mm. times. Um, I'm I'm just curious, like 
your your uh, counsel regarding interpreting those immediately. Because I mm-hmm. I love to make sense of things, connect dots. You know, mm-hmm. do I just you know let them kind of just hold those encounters, you know, and let them lead me into new ones, or should I be interpreting them almost like a prophetic word or a you know I, I don't because I'm noticing as you're talking about the the tail of the dog wagging, the more I try to interpret it, it kind of, you know, I can feel myself moving back into the shallows or into the yeah. middle. And so I don't, I'm just, yeah. this is new for me. I'm not, am I supposed to be trying to make sense of it or do I just go with them on it? And yeah. yeah any yeah, counsel Mike, there? That is so good. Um, let me say that there's the encounter And then there's simply the nourishment of being in the presence of God and his kingdom, regardless of what's taking place. And that's always the gold. Like the prayer of descent just gets you into God and his kingdom. Now, yeah, he can impart many, many beautiful things, many beautiful things in all kinds of ways. You know, he's very, very creative. So one day you you have a picture of something taking place. And then a couple of days later, you hear a word from him that's very meaningful. Or, um, But what's going on beneath that is that you are an amphibian. And your, your human creation needs to be nourished by pr- the presence of God and time in his kingdom. And so I I have this little reminder in my journal. You know, I've got at the front of my journal every year are the words over the year that I've heard um, and pieces of wisdom learned over the years. Like, hey, John, don't forget, you always do this and it blows up. And, you know, so there's there's words from God, wisdom. um, And one of the pieces of wisdom that that I just have to remind myself is I am an amphibian. I, I, I am a physical and spiritual being and i need both forms of nourishment so as soon as i hear that music in the 30 days on the prayer of descent and i start dropping in i'm just nourished regardless of what goes on my my humanity needs to be in the presence of the kingdom and the more that we learn to do that the more nourishing it will be, the more easy it will be. So I, I don't put a whole lot of stock on figuring it out. Hmm. But I tell you what I would do is I would write those things down. I would write down, wow, uh, this happened today during my prayer. Felt like God was showing me, you know, his affection for me. You just write it down. What would you add to that? Interpreting those encounters. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I appreciate what you're saying is don't work too hard to try to figure it out. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel a little pressure in that, Mike, right? Of like, you know, I figure it out. And that's actually mm-hmm. not from your your deep soul. That's probably part of your gifting that some of which is not yet under Christ. So like. So get rid of the pressure. And then the other piece that I hear you saying that's so important is it is about God, not the encounter. Yep. And so the prayer of descent in the in the depths is to be with God. And I love that phrase you used, John, of um, 
we just need time in his kingdom. Because how many, the, the, the story I hear from so many men is like, I go hours and I haven't even thought about God. Yes. And I haven't even prayed. And that's the idea of a rule of life. Yes. Is in time that our life is about God and we fit the, in our life is in God. And we fit the things into that life yes. that must be done. That's what the that's what yes. the monastery, the monastic yes. life is about. Rather than we live a good, meaningful life and fit God into it every place we can. Yes. And that's the trajectory over a decade. So those are yeah. pieces that yeah, that's good. stand out. That's really me. good. Yeah, guys, the the pull to figure life out. I mean, that is for men, like we fix things. We get a great deal of satisfaction out of fixing things. I mean, honestly, like the happiest part of my day is when I fix the sink. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I did it. I won. Something is working. Uh, but that is not helpful in our life with God. The fix it, the, the figure things out part. It, the more you're comfortable. I mean, this is Chesterton's whole thing on your worldview. Like Chesterton says, the more you are comfortable with mystery, the more God can explain all sorts of things to you. <laughs> but as soon as you have to get everything figured out, the whole thing just, it's like the color goes out of the, mm. the screen. Mm. I suddenly the screen just goes black and white. Like it just, all the love and the mystery and the joy goes out of it. So yeah, lay down the figure it out and just stay with it for a while. And see what Jesus does. Zach, you had a hand up a while Zach, ago. Zach's going. Yeah. Yeah. So I am. I'm not very good at, at balance. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to be or not. But like, I'm. I'm one of these people that in my in my chimney sweep, I have a lot of freedom to make decisions, and so. You know, I'm, I'm in this and I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to work anymore. And I'm just gonna, like this morning I got up and I told my wife, I'm going to the mailbox and my mailbox is a three quarters of a mile away. I'll like, I'll be back in an hour and a half and I, you know, I'm walking to the mailbox <laughs> and you know, it's like, I, I'm, and I, but I find myself really struggling with like, okay, my, my people they need my, they need my guidance. They need my help. They need, they need me to be present. But then like I can get so detached because I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the sticker that Morgan gave me on my computer. You know, you, you must arrange your days so that you're experiencing deep contentment, joy, and confidence in your everyday life with God. So like, you know, I will, I'll, I'll do great at that. I will arrange my days and completely arrange all of my work out of my day. Mm. And, and, and then I'm very imbalanced in, in terms of, so I, I guess my, my question is any, any wisdom or thoughts or on, on how to engage in our post or our, our calling and what, you know, like, I know that I have a calling. I know I have work to do, but I can get so detached from it, especially in my current season where, you know, there, there's, there's a recent situation that happened and it wasn't what I hoped for. And, 
And, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm very easily getting detached from that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up and would love to hear a response. That is a very beautiful question that we get to the point we're enjoying the presence of God. We we're willing to kind of let everything else go for it. That's really beautiful. It's not sustainable, but it's really beautiful. Um, you have a phrase, uh, the new martyrdom. Mm. Do you want to riff on that for a second? Um, sure. Sure. And yeah. And I'm intrigued, Zach. Um, when you said detachment, I just want to be careful because there's benevolent detachment that John teaches on that's essential. It is right to to really disentangle our soul and our need for things and people outside to change for us to be well and just the caring yes. of people, right? Whereas in your story, there, I'm curious what part of you is detaching from that assignment because the outcome wasn't, I hear you saying, what you wanted. Yeah. in that mission right so yeah just to say that but um yeah i think uh, yeah we're, we're eventually going to do a podcast on this but um martyrdom right you hear these stories like people died for their faith and there, i saw this artwork of the stoning of stephen in uh London just blew me away. I was in college and his face was shining with this peace and light and joy. He looked like a child and around him was just darkness and brutality. And, and, and then I go to Starbucks and I'm like, Costco, you know, I go to grandma Costco and pick up dinner. And I'm just like, what, what world do we live in? Like martyrdom seems far away. And then Sherry and I were praying and doing some, some prayer together and had this image of like, um, our life was a, a dozen ping pong tables and there were ping pongs and we going and we had to run around and grab a paddle and hit one and grab a paddle and hit one. And, and the whole game was just keep the balls in play. Mm. And it was this image of kind of the frenetic condition of soul mm. of what this world requires of, you know, I mean, just this morning alone of navigating two teenagers in their in, in their, their hearts and their activities. Like it was a full day before 9am for me, Yep, a full day of, of prayer engagement and carpooling. And what I realized is um, martyrdom is the reality of the kingdom of God in a fallen world, but it expression is different in every age. Yep. And there, and we've been using this word of the new martyrdom of what does it look like when um we're asked to die for Jesus Christ. And no one's coming to burn me or to death right now. That day may come. Um, but right now, there's a different form of martyrdom that's being asked of that has the same effect. And so I, I don't want to go too deep into it here, but I just want to say martyrdom is the end result of many of the saints in ages past that were among our peers, but it's taking a very different expression in this hour. Of having and to go to work? Of, 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 yes, of 
that and like in a thousand small paper cuts, right? That's what I'm trying to say about the ping pong is yeah. it's a thousand <clears throat> small deaths yeah. that I choose to die yeah. for the sake of Jesus Christ. And that's where things start falling off the edges of my used to be very efficient, effective, maximized, achieving life for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I now live Mm -hmm. slower and Mm -hmm. sloppier and more forgetful and more inefficient um, in love. It's a new martyrdom. So I think that's enough to say. In love. We are in the process of learning to do life in all its fullness with God. That's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're in the process, all of us, of learning to do life in union with God. Because most of our life we do out of our own strength, mm-hmm. out of our own wisdom, out of our own desires, out of our own anger, uh, you know. Um, and, and in order to do that, <clears throat> we surrender our agenda to take up his. And sometimes his agenda is come away with me. I want you to take an hour and a half to walk to the mailbox and back. Come away with me. But most of the time, his agenda is now let's go love the world. Mm -hmm. Now let's go love people, projects, companies, kingdoms. Let's now let's now let's go engage. And so it is as we participate in union that we are able to move back into the world in in him in his strength with him um not like you went to the stream and got a drink and now you're good but you are now moving in union with god back into your world in really difficult stuff Mm -hmm. like teenagers and you know job failures and difficult difficult people what I'm saying is, I think if I think if once a man tastes the goodness of God, he would probably prefer to stay there. But God rarely lets us stay there. He says, okay, now together, let's go love. Let's go love the world. That's what we're learning. Hey friends, um, yeah, I was really intrigued about the full integration of ourselves, and through the intensive and through talking to other people, I, I noticed going through resilient and praying through that <clears throat> there are pieces of me that haven't yet fully integrated, and I'm aware of that. So I believe it, and that's where I'm heading. But I was just wondering, like before, we mentioned things about routine, repetition, time in his kingdom. Would you say, and maybe others that you might fill out to this, they are pieces to help this journey of becoming fully integrated um, as a whole? Exactly. 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 Right. Because some integration requires precision and care, mm-hmm. um, conscious 
you know, intellectual, cognitive, emotional participation, right? Like, like what happened in a counseling session, right? Like you're with your therapist, you're getting some breakthrough and you're, you know, you're fifth grade or five years old or whatever. And you are cognitively participating mm-hmm. in the new thing, in the integration, the forgiveness mm-hmm. of others, the coming home of the boy. But guys, here's the good news. If all integration required that, we would be fucked. Like, like <laughs> that, it would just, it would just take forever. It would just be like, it, 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 we, you know, wag, 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 wag. There, there would be, <laughs> it would just be work. Yeah. It would just be work. So here's the beautiful thing. A lot of the integration, and this goes back, to, um, to the earlier question about understanding, a lot of the integration of your personhood takes place simply in the presence of God and his kingdom without, frankly, a whole lot of your intellectual uh, participation. He just does it. He just, the soul, I mean, it was Leanne Payne's famous quote. She was such a beautiful healer of the human soul. And her famous quote was, the soul is healed through union with God. Mm. That was her, that was her thing that she would just, you know, the soul is healed through union with God. So as you participate in God, as you take a walk, as you're reading something that's enriching, as you're listening to music, whatever it is that gets you there, and you are enjoying the presence of God. God is healing your soul and he is bringing about integration quite apart from your cognition. That's really goodness. Now, again, some integration requires your very uh, cognizant, precise participation. It does. Some of it does, but not all of it. Maybe not even most of it. And, and that's the good news, Rob. So I would say we do pursue integration, but not as much as we pursue his presence mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. union and communion and, and, and enjoying the kingdom. And, and so let me, let me say a little bit more about enjoying the kingdom. So, for example, there is the river of life. It's a real thing. It, it, it actually exists. It flows from God to the world, to his people. Jesus in John 7 says, I really want that river to be flowing in you. Right? Um, anyone who believes in me, right? Streams of living water will flow from their inmost being. <clears throat> the more that we participate in that reality, it's a real thing. It's not a metaphor. It's not poetry. It's not symbolism. It is an actuality. That exists. The more that you participate in that and say, oh, my gosh, I need your river flowing in me. um, The the more that your soul is healed without the the hard work of counseling. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the hard work counseling isn't sometimes necessary. I'm just giving you the good news. The resources of the kingdom, as we spend time in them and enjoy them, 
God is able, I mean, this is the beautiful quote of St. John of the Cross. He, he says in the stillness of communion, the spirit secretly heals our deepest wounds. He just does it. And you emerge going, man, I just feel better this morning. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why. Yeah. You just feel better. Yeah. And go, well, he actually just healed something in you that was really, you know, needing care, but you didn't have to participate in all of it. So that's why being amphibians is important. That's why practicing his presence, practicing union it is, is really the thing. Because it gets so many other things done. Does that help, Rob? Mm. Yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah, thank you. Okay. That, John. Right. Yep. <clears throat> hey guys, this is Jeff. Thanks so much for hosting this. Um, so my share come and then a question. So my most profound prayer of descent happened in an MRI machine. <laughs> so yeah. I was having a, a routine MRI, and you know the eh, 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 you know for twenty five minutes. And I took two Xanax because I get claustrophobic. And it was the most intimate with Jesus I have ever experienced in my mm-hmm. life. Like, we just mm-hmm. had a nice conversation. It wasn't anything profound that he said mm-hmm. to me. It was just so intimate. And so that was very instructive for me. Like, oh, man. So there was no shallows. There was no midlands. It was just deep. and. And so I guess my question is, is, is I'm not going to go and get an MRI machine and take two Xanax every morning um, um, is to, is to recreate that in on my couch or in the chair where I'm sitting every morning. Um, yeah. I just, I, I want what I had. I want what I had at that radiology appointment. Um, yes, yes. And, and so I want to create that again. So I would love just some thoughts about how to do that. It, um, this is a wonderful, it's a fun question. Um, because you just think, think for a moment, what was going on? Hmm. You were trapped. That's interesting. You were trapped. There, there was no going anywhere else. Right. Right. So your soul just accepted that. You're like, oh, oh I'm just here. <laughs> I just, I can't answer my phone. I can't go take a pee. I'm and literally just, anything. I'm not here. I'm trapped. <laughs> um, it, that's one piece. Your soul accepted. I am only in this and nothing else. Right? And then, to be honest, the Xanax allowed a a peace to enter in that helped you settle into that moment. Mm. That's what music is supposed to do. That's what nature is supposed to do. Um, yeah, I think you can. I think you can ask the Holy Spirit. I, I would do this. I would say, Holy Spirit, help me reproduce that. I need your help to reproduce that. Help me get into a place where I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. This is our time. I, I'm here. Uncle, I, I surrender. And then grant to me the peace 
of soul that allows me to hear from Jesus. You want anything? Well, it's interesting, John, listening to you. When you when you ask the question, what was going on? Yeah. It's like that's very because to tune in yeah, to, the, to the data points. Yeah. And one thing I hear in what you're saying, like for Jeff, the Xanax almost accelerated maturity yep. in a sense of yep. it was a tool yep. to allow Jeff to reach a piece that yes. in a normal situation he's not able to reach. Yep. And that mm-hmm. let that not not go to shame, but yes. information. Yeah. Because I think of like I had a similar experience, Jeff. Not in a moment, but in a week, I went to uh, a, a facility with it was like a, th- a therapy, right? Intensive therapy for a week. And I called it an ICU for the soul. Yeah. And the magic of it was God was there and God was in me, but our, our phones were confiscated. Yeah. There was a schedule that I didn't have to be responsible for. There were a few people that I was doing life with yes. for seven days. Yes. All the externals yes. provided a context that I was well. It as I did some inner deep healing. Yes. Two years later, I was at a point where I went, "Oh man, I I, I need to go back there." Yeah. And then I realized, wait. And we talked about this. Wait, I actually don't need to go back there because I'm not who I was then. But I knew need to put some things in place. Mm. And so then I took a weekend, mm. not a week, and was able to structure some things mm. that allowed my soul to have the same experience. Oh, right on. So I think I, I think what you're naming, John, that's really helpful is. There are tools that we can utilize that are in our power that can facilitate those kind of experiences. Yep. Like when I read, I I cannot have this phone next to me when I read Mm -hmm. because reading a book and having the phone next to me when I read a book are entirely different things. I don't have that maturity. Yeah. So in my immaturity, my not yet, the phone's in the other room. Yep. And now I'm with a book. But the day will come yep. where I'll be more integrated and sustained by God that I can read a book and have the phone and I'm not attached to that thing. Yeah. So I hear the invitation from you is what do I need to do now that's in my power to facilitate those kind of encounters and also be encouraged as we mature. Yes. It in some ways becomes easier. Yes. <clears throat> Noise canceling headphones. Okay. Noise canceling headphones work, guys. It works. It shuts the world out. It, it, it cocoons you. It brings you in. It's almost like a wombing. Um, the, the posture of your body, you know, you, you need to get into a place where you are truly at peace. You're relaxed, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I don't know. If it, um <clears throat> The music that we use for the 30 days experience is from a Brazilian guy named William Augusto. Um, and he just released a piece on Spotify that's 30 minutes long. That's called so, um, Atmosphere. So you can look up Augusto Atmosphere. 30 minutes. You don't need me. You don't need the 30 days thing all the time. You can just put that music on. And then what I like about the 30 minutes thing is then I know the clock isn't ticking. You may not stay for 30 minutes, but it just takes that, mm. that when is this going to shut off yeah. thing? You know, um, I think we can be kind to our souls, like putting our phone in the other room. We can do things that help us recreate the, the, the MRI. 
and the Xanax. I do. I think we can do their props, their mm-hmm. supports. Um, for me, too much caffeine uh, blows blows my ability to do the prayer of descent. I can't do it because uh, I'm just I'm I'm just buzzing. I'm just I'm just Wah! you know. Um, so if I know, like I'm trying to be kind to my body, ease off on the caffeine so that I'm not jittery, mm-hmm. right? Uh, artificially supported while I'm in, while I'm trying to commune with God or trying to listen to him or just trying to, because you can mistake, honestly, you can mistake stimulus for anxiety. Mm-hmm. You're not anxious. You're just buzzed, right? From traffic, caffeine, anger. Yeah. yeah. The the latest, you know, blow them up movie you just watched. Like all that <laughs> stuff, all that stuff can overstimulate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to another question. <clears throat> um, I don't want to ask this question, but um, there's a lot of opposition to it. My wife and I both love the resilient stuff. We love love and war. We love um, uh, get your life back, and and we're committed to it, to to going deeper into loving God. But I would run a mile rather than pray together. Have you got any any words of wisdom around um, negotiating this inside of a marriage in that context? Are, can you tell us why? I have no idea. I think well, we're both islands, if you want to put it that way. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if we need counselling. If I need to go back and read Love and War again, and and these are all the thoughts that were coming up in my head before I asked the question. As to yeah. maybe I shouldn't ask it. Maybe I should just go somewhere else and find an answer. But I'm pretty sure I'm not the only only person who feels like this. Well, I mean, Phil, (laughs) there isn't a fella on this call who at some level feels like my life would be easier if either you were not here or you were different. (laughs) Okay, come on. Like, like that, that, it's just, she is, she is a disruption. Right. And so let's just admit that. Um, Here's a fascinating way to come at the answer to this. So um, I am not the only spiritual guide who has recommended single young people of the opposite sex not to pray together. Because it is so intimate, all of a sudden you're taking your clothes off, you know, and, and, and Stacy and I, like, we weren't the only ones who so like, whoa, that is like a really intimate experience. And for young people who aren't, you know, yet married, like it can get, it can get really uh, arousing very, very quickly. And you're not quite sure what's going on. You're like, holy cow, we were just talking to Jesus. Now I want to. Ray brings you out your boots. <laughs> you know, um, not when we pray together. Not us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
But doesn't that point out something that points out something? There is a vulnerability. There is, there is a nakedness there. It, um, and so, yeah, if there are other things in the marriage that are making that, that vulnerability difficult. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely. Um, but here's what I would do if I were you. <clears throat> That's all theory. If I were you, I would ask Jesus, what is in the way spiritually? What is, what is the enemy doing? What's he throwing in here? He's throwing something in here. I guarantee it. He's always doing this to our marriages. <clears throat> because if you could shut that down, you know, he's throwing in irritation. He He's throwing, you know... Um, you could say, Lord, together with you, we forbid irritation in our time of prayer. We forbid that. That would help. That would help without two years of marriage counseling and, you know, all of that. Because you don't want to put this way out there. You know, once we are well, mm -hmm. we're going to pray together. Like that just feels elusive. I bet something's in the way. I'm inclined to agree. And after 31 years, you'd think we would have nailed it by now, but yeah, yeah, apparently but, not. Oh, oh yeah. listen, buddy, this is, I'm at 39 and, and I get it. I, uh, why do I, why do I look forward to my times alone? <laughs> I just, it's just the nature of it. And, and, and so I will say this, because I'll add one more thing. Why, why do I think something's in the way from the enemy? Because there is a unique power mm -hmm. when couples pray. Yeah. There just is. <clears throat> and, and when Stacy and I pray together over something, uh, large or small, it, it has more power than when we pray alone. And I, I don't even know why that is. I, somebody probably knows the answer to that. I just know that is. That is a reality of the spiritual world. So, of course, the enemy is going to try and sabotage that, right? So I would say, Jesus, what's in the way? What's in the way? Is it a, is it a, a spirit of hatred? Is the enemy throwing in confusion? Is, is it irritation? Because right now, for this moment, for these 15 minutes, I can shut that down in prayer. Hmm. You can't shut it down for a lifetime of marriage in prayer. That's the counsel, you know. But you can shut it down for 15 minutes. Thank you. Okay. Hey, guys. Um, I wanted to uh, offer just a couple of pieces of positive feedback on my resilient experience. Um, one is just a little joy bomb. My kids have this phrase when we're getting frazzled and they say, Dad, I think we need to do a pause. And I just <laughs> love that. That's great, Dave. I just, I just love that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a rescue, you know, um, to have something that's so practical and tangible in moments of high emotion with young kids to say like, listen, this is some way that we're actually going to deescalate yeah, and connect with God. Really, really that's powerful. Good. So, that's um, good. that's one piece. Another piece. Um, I love what you mentioned about how the effect of communion with God is gentle. Um, because first yes. of all, it took the pressure off the experience, but yes. second of all, I was able to notice, 
Um, we had, we had a kid go into the hospital and, you know, all of a sudden I'm taking care of all of the other kids and I kind of fell out of rhythm and I noticed the gentle offset of what it was like to have the nourishment of God. I just felt like that word, like realizing that the effect is gentle um, yes. was, was really helpful. And then also just in general, holy cow, you guys, this product is incredible. Um, like to take, to take these pieces of the spiritual life, which as you mentioned are real and to make them real for me, man, like that's like so gold. Um, you know, like, uh, I, I, I found myself, um, in moments of anger or overwhelm, just having one new tool of union, Jesus, I invite your strength and care. Yes. My emotions right here. Yes. Just like these little pieces of like, you know, I'm going through the Bible project with BGS and, um, like these things that I'm seeing in scripture and all over scripture and you've brought to life. So, um, I just wanted to say like this thing you guys have built is amazing. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, just wanted to take one moment to appreciate you guys. This was really well done. Thank um, you. Yes. Yes. Kind, beautiful, sensual, just like, you know, all of the things. So re- really awesome. Um, my question is coming back to the concept of when you're um, like evaluating your spiritual practice of, you know, does it make my tail wag? Um, how do you discern between what is life-giving and what stops being life-giving versus what is warfare, discouragement, or laziness? Well, you know your own soul. That, that, that's a big piece. You know your own soul. I just feel discouraged this morning. You go, whoa, wait a second. Pay attention to that. Don't just blow past that. Take a moment. Why? Why? Is this related to a recent phone call? Or is this just the enemy jumping on me? Because if you go, I have no reason to be discouraged this morning. Or angry. Or distracted. Or sexually aroused. Or you go, whoa, hang on a second. Five minutes ago, I was actually fine. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not. Like, you, you just, um, your soul will help you know that. Um, <clears throat> you're, you also know your laziness. Uh, do you tend to be a lazy person? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So then you go, oh, yeah, that's probably not it. That's not a good, that's not a good category. That's not helpful for me. Um, do you, yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Like, you know yourself, you know your soul. Um, but I, I want to come, because this will help me loop back to, I've been thinking about where does, where does prayer, particularly morning prayer, we're just talking about like starting your day, orienting, grounding, using something like 30 days. Um, because one of the functions of prayer, prayer has so many different functions. We just have to name that. What is the particular function of prayer I am employing in this moment, mm-hmm. right? I, I need comfort. I need counsel. I need to enforce the love of God into my marriage because something's going on here, right? 
Prayer has so many different functions. This is really important to know. It's not just one thing. Um, and, and one of the primary purposes of morning prayer is to extend the authority of Jesus over your domestic kingdom, right? Whatever that is, your home, apartment, your marriage, kids or no, your, your, your domestic kingdom to just go, no, like you do this every day. Mm -hmm. Like, no, not here, not here, not now. Like this is only the kingdom of God. Like no fear, no rage, no lust, no, you know, you just, no, not here. Um, I think you will find if you will practice that, if you will get accustomed to enforcing the jurisdiction of Jesus over your domestic kingdom, um, and, and you see what I'm saying, there's like circles, you know, everybody's like Saturn, we got several rings going on. The closest is just your home, your, your space, you, you know, um, your domestic life. Um, I heard a fascinating thing. One of the things that Bohush was, I had a friend, a beautiful Catholic guy from Slovakia, it's a friend of ours, was in my house for a few days this week. And it was really, really interesting to talk about the spiritual disciplines and all this from two very different points of view. He's a beautiful brother. And he was saying that um, the home is meant to be like a womb, mm. like a womb. Mm. It is a re-wombing experience so that it's nurture and care and peace. Well, <laughs> you know, it'd be awesome. Uh, how the hell do we get there? Well, you enforce the jurisdiction of Jesus. You learn to do that. That that is just one hundred and one of of being a king. Mm -hmm. That's one hundred and one in my kingdom, in my realm. This is this is the Lord's prayer, right? Thy kingdom, thy kingdom. Um, and, and so I would start there, Nate, and and I would make I would make that I would get very comfortable at that practice. That that becomes really really. Uh, handy for you you're like no know how to do that i can do that in my kingdom in my realm i enforce the jurisdiction of jesus today and and we could spend the rest of this conversation on how to do that but i just want to say it like that um because once you've done that i bet 70 mm, percent of that other stuff just goes away you're not going to have to figure out Am I being lazy? Am I tired? Am I traumatized? Am I stressed? You're not going to have to figure it out because it's just gone. It's just gone. And then within the safety of that mm -hmm. hedge, yep. yeah, then you can sort things out with God. It's like Phil and, and, and marriage prayer. Like get that thing protected. Get the other stuff kicked out. And then you can kind of see what, what's left mm -hmm. that needs to be dealt yeah, with. That's great. Yeah. So the prayer, the prayer, I, I, I don't want to leave you with vagaries. In the morning, I always pray something like this. I bring my home, family, household, right here, under the rule of Jesus Christ, again this morning. And I 
command that the kingdom of God alone shall fill this house. In the name of Jesus, I command it. No exceptions. Only the kingdom here. And then I go on to pray other things, but just that, mm-hmm. just that enforcement. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's really, it's really helpful. Sorry, John, is that out loud? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you're doing two things. You actually are invoking it, right? Thy kingdom come. Why would he have us pray that if his kingdom always came? His kingdom is not always coming. His will is not always done, or he wouldn't have us pray that. What a strange prayer, right? He has us pray it because it needs enforcement. It needs daily enforcement. I do it out loud because the demons also need to hear it and obey it. They need to get out. Yeah. I think you have time for about one more. We got about five minutes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's Michael. So, Hey, guys. Um, At the risk of sounding arrogant, I'm going to be extremely vulnerable and say that I'm doing really well. Uh, I moved last April to Texas. I left L.A., sold my house, quit my job, brought my family here, and... Um, we gave it all up, left my family, everything. Jesus said, sell your house. And that's the only direction we had. So we did it. And then we got direction after that, uh, started a new job. That's been incredible. Get your life back resilient. Have walked me through that entire process. Uh, In January, I started a year with men. I'm leading five men through it. We're in the Mm. band of brothers, HBO DVD series right now. (laughs) Right on. So Warfare has been wild, and I've been rescuing the hearts of men individually alongside another brother from the Begum Get Soil Intensive. So we're doing it as a team, and I think leading it that way has been really well. Um, We baptized one of our guys in the Devil's River here in Texas, which was wild. Ironic, (laughs) yeah, right. That was wild. Um, I counsel an individual young man younger than me. I'm leading my job. Uh, and the people that work with me and for me and under me. And uh, I'm doing good. My wife's going to have our fifth baby in two weeks, um, eight, six, four, two, and a newborn. And so my question is, I don't want to live under a deception because of your warnings to be on guard. And I am in frontier in every area of my life right now. And so I can't live a single day without diving in deep and being intentional. And I walk with Jesus with my AirPods on all day long in what I do. Um, and it gives me capacity to do that. And so can you talk to some of the warfare surrounding the times right now and what it looks like to be extremely direct and unafraid at this moment? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. First off, way to go, Michael. Uh, enjoy it. Like, life can be okay, guys. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be a shit show, you know, for you to be like maturing or, you know, advancing the kingdom or whatever. We enjoy our lives. Absolutely. Very much. Yeah. It's a shit show, but we also, <laughs> we really enjoy our lives. Um, but Michael, I need to put a quick, I need to put a quick, this uh description because other guys listening to this is like wait what he did what you have to understand michael's previous job was unbelievably stressful over the top 
you know, stressful. And, and the climate in which he lived was highly toxic. So there were reasons, okay? This wasn't just, hey, let's, let's just throw everything to the wind and see what God does. Like That is was, correct. Yeah, there's context to the rest yes. of that story. Okay. Um, for the most part, the world is not getting better. For the most part, people are not getting better. That is the context in which we live. For the most part, it, it, it is unwell. People are not well. The world is not well. Um, and, and so that's why we released 30 days. <clears throat> that's why we did it. Was because in this hour, only union, communion, only your dailies, only, only your rhythms, your, the, the sacred rhythms, the healing rhythm, only that, only that, only the regular repair of your union with God will work. Only that. It, it's, just, it's just the nature of things. Um, I would recommend that you uh, pray love uh, often through your kingdom because hatred is rampaging in the world. I'd recommend you pray the river of life. Um, you know, it, it honestly, in some things, it doesn't take a lot. It, it, it just takes repetition. If you're daily enforcing the kingdom of Jesus in your kingdom, that, that'll really do a lot. That'll do a lot. Friends, as we close this episode of the Become Good Soil podcast and begin to transition into our 90 seconds with God, I'm led to pose some questions. What is it that your soul as a man wants? And what is it that it needs? As John shared it in our conversation, what do you look forward to? So often we get stuck and find ourselves wandering in this category of spiritual practices and connecting with God. And so often it can feel heavy or dutiful. But I'd love to direct us all back, back to desire. Our deepest desires to intersect with the gentle but steady care of God and in time and over time leading us to greater life. So what are the desires within you that are surfacing? that sometimes you even fear to consider? And where do they intersect with the care that your father is wanting to bring for your heart? Let's pause. Take 90 seconds. Consider these questions. Let them interrogate you in the most benevolent way. Breathe in, breathe out for 90 seconds as a gift from the heart of God to you here and now. And we'll be back together soon for another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. Thanks, friends.